This is the Ellensburg Angler Podcast. Quote in. Quote in. <laughs> Stud on the squalor, baby. Oh, that was a big fish, dude. Woo! This is a six-pound fish, dude. I was like, oh, yeah, yep. At all costs, do not drink the water. <laughs> I was sitting in a ball in my boat with my hands in my armpits trying to stay warm. When yeah. I get hangry, yeah, fishing's done. done. Hey guys, Kyle Wilkinson here with Ellensburg Angler. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to clarify something that Keegan and I talk about a little bit later on. Uh, we talk about the main channel below the state or East Cleon boat launch in the upper Yakima River. Uh, we talk about that we heard that it was open and that it is, it is possible to float through. Uh, he and I went up there today. And we can confirm that it is open. We floated that main channel today. It was uh, a little tight in a couple spots. There are some weird hydraulics in there. But uh, it is open. It is a possibility to float through. Uh, it is something that maybe if you're an inex inexperienced rower, I wouldn't row through it. Um, but it is doable. There are some good buckets in there. It definitely has a little more water than taking the side channel. So it is an option. Just wanted to clarify that the main channel below state is, in fact, open. Let's get to the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Ellensburg Angler Podcast, everybody. Kyle here. I'm sitting down with Keegan. Kind of giving you guys a little bit of a bobber talk. Kind of getting straight into things today. Talking about some fishing news from the Yakima River and maybe some other news involving the Yakima River that's not quite so much about fishing. Keegan, what's going on? Well, it's somewhat about fishing. Somewhat about fishing. More more safety than than fishing, but yeah, do you want to dive let's dive right into that first. I think I think that's pretty interesting. I think most people around around the Yakima River have already heard about it, but um and if you're on Fly Fishing Washington, if you guys frequent that Facebook page, um it's Fly Fishing Washington, that's where you post it, right? I think Yeah, I think so. I think it's something like that. Um, but yeah, we had a gentleman flip a boat in the farmland section, which we talked about on the podcast before, um, how it can be kind of dangerous back there and it's always changing around and new logs everywhere and sweepers and stuff. So, um, yeah, someone, um, uh, accidentally obviously, um, flipped their boat in the farmland section about two miles up river. It's two miles up river. I don't know. I don't have two miles up river of ringer. Was that right? T. Jossum, right? Yeah, right at T. Jossum, so T. Yosum, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, um, I floated the day after after that happened, and you had actually texted me. It was the, you were the first person I heard from that was like, hey, someone had flipped a boat in the farmland section. I was like, okay, well, I'm back here right now. I'll take a look. And I just passed Irene. We did KOA to Ringer, mm -hmm. and I was just passing Irene Park, you know, about a third of the way to the float. Um, and I was actually back there with Max Carnes too. Max Carnes was back there. And I mentioned to him and like, Hey, there's supposed to be a boat flip down here apparently. Um, and then we anchored on, I would say about a mile upstream of where we found the boat. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, the inside corner we have lunch sometimes in the farmlands right off river bottom road. Yep. Yep. Okay. yep. Um, so we were anchored there. Um, and I just hear yelling. I'm like, what is that? And I look across the river and on that corner there where that little dike road is, mm -hmm was uh, a sheriff's deputy, um, actually one that I know from the gym. Um, and he's like, Hey, I'm like, what's going on? And he said, he said, I got reports that there's a flip boat downstream from here. 
you know anything about that? I said, yeah, I actually had a guide buddy text me about it a couple minutes ago. We're going to go take a look today. He goes, okay. And then he, I, I yelled back. I said, do you want me to give you a shout if I find it? And he just put two thumbs up. I'm like, perfect. So get back in the boat and actually Max beat it, beat it, beat, beat, me, beat me to the boat. Um, and it was just a couple more corners downstream, right? At T. Jocelyn, like we said. Um, but it's in a weird spot. It was in a weird spot. I'll send you a couple pictures I took. You can maybe put them on um, on this show, these show notes or make it the title cover or something. But yeah, we got to it. And it's like on river left, like the best way to describe it is it's like there's a gravel bar on the left. Like if you're floating on the river, gravel bar on the left. And it was like maybe 10 feet off the gravel bar just flipped over. And it was um, perpendicular to the flow of the river. So it was perfectly straight across. Um, like bow point to one anchor bar point to the other side of the bank. Um, and then we floated the right, but Max was like, Hey, Keegan, it's right here. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, the boat's right there. And I looked and it was, it was there, but it was, it was, if he wasn't there, I might've missed it. Cause we were fishing the other bank. Um, hmm. but, and then we got done with the float and I was like, I'm going to give the, the deputy that I know a, a shout to see if, just to see like if they had known about it or, just to let him know like the information that I found. And I ended up talking to a different deputy and he's like, yeah, we actually walked those guys out yesterday. So they didn't need to take a, a boat out or anything. They didn't need to take the jet boat out to save them. But it turned out to be a gentleman and his two, two daughters. Um, and I actually talked to them that morning we were guiding and I was getting ready. It was our triple boater with Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, and before you got there, I gave a guy um, who was launching at KOA some flies and he asked, you know, has it changed back here at all? And I said, well, it's always changing. Um, and I told him about a couple sketchy spots that he needs to be aware of. He didn't flip on those spots, but he did flip on a, a tree that I, what I think it is, is that big tree at the TJ Austin ponds upstream on the right side, on the, the left side, the left side, like yeah. above, like up, up, up above the corner. Yeah. So like he said, he, he flipped his boat on a stump or a stump or a tree in the middle of the river. So I don't, I think he might've been going down sideways, like maybe helping his daughter fix a, fix flies or something. And then he just got the side of the boat and flipped it. But I'm not sure. I mean, it's all, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what exactly what happened, but where it is, maybe I'll, I'll send you that stuff. But if you're looking at the boat, you can see 300 meter, 300 yards upstream and there's no trees in the middle of the river. So it had to have gone a couple corners before laying rest there where it is or where it was. Cause he did get it out. Did you get, did you see that he got it out somehow? Yeah, yeah. He took a picture of it in his driveway. I don't know how he got that out of there. I don't know. He had to have taken, I've always heard that you can do the come along thing. You can like come along it to a tree and then mm-hmm. just keep cranking until it gets out and whips around. But yeah, I don't know how he did it. That's scary, dude. That's but yeah, scary. Spot, just, dude. What do you say? It's in a bad spot. Cause you're right up a, I mean, you're a little ways, it looks like, from that big corner. But then you have all those logs down there. So if we were to sweep into those logs, I feel like you're done So, Oh, yeah. And he is so lucky. I don't know if they were in life jackets or what, but he has two daughters with him. When I saw him at the KOA, they're pretty young. Like, like pretty, like how old do you think? Like teenage or younger? Like young, young teens, probably, and maybe one that wasn't. I mean, a little bit younger. Dang, that's scary. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I'm just glad they're they're okay. You know, there's been a couple of people that have gotten really big trouble back there since we started guiding. That just adds it to the list. 
But he lost so much stuff. Did you see the list of stuff on Facebook that he lost? Yeah. Like, well, I was whoa. talking to Rich, and somebody had found that stuff and brought it to Rich's place, and the guy oh, came really? back it up from Rich. Oh, cool. So, That's like, awesome. Like an oar and a couple seats and one of the rods. So they got some of the stuff back. Mm. It was a clack of crap, right? I think so, yeah. I couldn't tell what kind of boat it was. I'll see the picture, like I said. but It looks kind of like great. Alex's boat. Oh, it does? Okay. Or maybe it was more like a wait forward. Yeah. That picture that he posted on Facebook of in his driveway is kind of far off. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just glad they're okay. Just another reminder. You can be as safe as you want to be, but the river really doesn't care who you are. Nope. It'll kill you. Well, so the guy that told me about that boat said he watched a guy in a pontoon get stuck in that new log jam just downstream of Ringer. What, like on River Left, like right after the launch? Yeah, like right after launch. He said he saw a guy who didn't row hard enough out of it. He went into it, took him out of the pontoon. He popped back up mid-river downstream. The guy just texted me now, actually. Really? Downriver, midstream, got back to his pontoon, was able to drag the pontoon to the island and get back on it, but he lost all of his stuff. Oh, man. When, when you and I and Todd floated that day, there were two rafts on that exact same log jam the day before oh yeah not rafts but um well, like uh floaties floaties yeah floaties yeah like or yeah floaties yeah but so it's a bad spot dude yeah it's not good and then there were those five floaties that were stuck on the other side of the river yeah um, and that's not even the worst part of the river <laughs> no yeah and i was talking to rich he's like that corner just below ringer is probably one of the most dangerous deadly spots in the whole river because nobody has enough time to or if they don't know it, they get swept right into those trees and they can't get because that's a high, steep bank. Right. I guess, yeah, you and I don't think of it as dangerous because we have, you know, our full-on big oars that we're able to get out of the way. And you've, you and I have done it hundreds of times. But for someone who's just gotten a floating maybe a couple beers down already, that's trouble. Yeah. But, yeah, be safe out there, guys. Don't want you to get in trouble. Yeah. Well... On a lighter note, that's yeah, all about being that. safe. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about the fishing that we've been having this last week? Yeah. So we guided. I've been talking a lot. How about you talk about fishing? Okay. Um, so yeah, guide. So last 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 time you guys heard from us, uh, Alex and I had fish in the upper river. And then uh, we spent a few days guiding the end of last week into the weekend. Um as you heard us talking on the last podcast, if you guys listen to that, go listen to it. Uh, the fishing was kind of slow, kind of late in the afternoon in the upper river. The water was really low. It was making fishing a little more difficult. So uh, I ended up doing my trips downriver, uh, trying to hit that caddis hatch, that late, nice cat, late night caddis hatch in the lower canyon. And um, there are definitely some caddis popping off right now. Um, it seemed like our nymph in midday. I don't know if you noticed this too, Keegan. It, it, it's a little bit slow right now just because of how hot it is. Um, fish are definitely down deeper, taking some of those uh, smaller flies in that fastest, deepest water they can find, get more oxygen, kind of get more cover. Uh, and then that caddis hatch is ramping up in the evenings. Fish are looking up, eating dries off the surface. Um, so, and, and it, now it seems like they're releasing a little more water. Um, I think they're holding more back. So it's kind of going up and down, up and down, up and down. And it seems like on those trends when the water is rising, the fish seem to be biting a little better. And I think it's just because they have more area to move a little bit cooler, a little more oxygenated and a little bit more depth. Would you agree with that, Keegan? 
Yeah, I definitely agree with the um, part about how fishing slowed down in, like early afternoon. Well, maybe like mid to a little bit later afternoon, but it seems like they fit, they, you know, they eat all morning. I mean, I haven't been out early yet. Actually, tomorrow morning, I'm going out with my dad, but it seems like it's good in the morning and then it's good early afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then it's like that four to seven ish, four to maybe, maybe four to six ish, um, maybe in three to seven, somewhere in there. But anyway, that, that period of the day is like nymphing is super good. And then it just shuts off. Yep. And it seems like those fish are almost getting ready to eat caddis. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're just starting to look up and then we're not throwing anything because we're still nymphing. So I guess, I don't know if we switched the drives maybe a little earlier, but the thing is that it's so hot and there's all that sun. I think they're a little scared to come up. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying you won't get dry fly eats. Like when we fished the farmlands the other day, my dad and I were getting eats on big dries like we got like three or four eats in the middle of the day like we just wanted to fish dries so but it wasn't like at the end of the day when we do our trips we're off the water like 10 Mm -hmm. we have like two hours of pretty good dry fly fishing i don't know at least like i wasn't getting a lot of love on like the elk hair caddis like the traditional size 14 elk hair caddis it was a size 10 chubby chernobyl either Chernobyl, either in purple or royal. And then I would fish like 18 inches back to like La, La Fontaine sparkle people, like something I would usually put behind a 14 inch or a 14 inch, excuse me, 14, a size 14 caddis, elk or caddis. So um, I guess like my way of fishing has kind of changed just a little bit. That uh, they definitely seem to be eating a little, a little funky on top, a little more picky, it seems like. Yeah. And when we're guiding, it's hard for guests to see. I mean, we're wearing headlamps. It's dark when we get off the water. Mm-hmm. That last 40 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm fishing a big white, white winged bug so that my guests can see it. Yep. And then maybe a caddis behind it. And I was like, if anything splashes within a foot, foot and a half radius around this fly, you need to set it. And that's actually how we got my, our nice fish on our, my trip the other day was he was like pointing out a fish that was rising really close to shore and his flies were off the bank. And I was like, there's still fish stacked. And they're like, pay attention. And I heard a big splash, like set. And you set it. And a fish had eaten his, um, his Lafontaine sparkle pupa. That needs a different name, dude. It's so long. I know. Just call it the, <laughs> call it the, the, the sparkle pupa. The sparkle P. <laughs> the sparkle P. The SP fly. Yeah. The SP fly. But, uh, yeah, I was, Pretty good fishing is just like, it's a little bit of a lull from four to seven. If you are going to fish in that time, I just recommend fishing deep. We lost a lot of flies fishing deep, but we did catch a good amount of fish. So. Yeah. Definitely. Or just pull over and take a nap before the pregame, just like the fish you're doing right before the hatch. Get ready yeah. for it. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you going out to fish, I'd like launch it one, fish, fish, fish until it dies, and then literally pull over or push water, enjoy, have maybe have a couple of beers, like eat some food, relax, wait for the sun to go over the hill and then just get back in that boat and dry fly fishing should be on. Yep. Save your lunch for dinner time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just have dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully we get some more flows here. Those reservoirs are all full and things are heating up. Farmers are, they're cutting hay, baling hay right now in Ellensburg. I'm sure the farmers in lower Valley are going to start needing stuff. So, Hopefully start um, flushing that water down and that'll bump those flows up and cool things down. And I think those fish are going to feel a little more comfortable to come out and eat midday. Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, what else has been going on? Yeah. I don't know. 
Um, one thing, one thing I really, I've been thinking about um, all week that I really want to talk about was uh, something I've been really uh, experiencing my clients do when they're fishing dry flies. Mm. Um, and it's just something that comes with experience. It comes with fishing, comes with uh, cooking fish and catching fish, something you kind of learn. And that's hesitation. Mm. Um, I see my clients hesitating a lot. And, and I think that's why we are missing um, some strikes or maybe, maybe losing a few fish. And I, th- I think it's, be- it's a little bit of hesitation during the hook set. Um, it's really stood out to me in one of the nights we were fishing caddis. Um, we were fishing like a big chubby and the sparkle people. One, it was a little bit darker. Uh, but two, I-, I would notice that clients like to see the, the eat. And it almost surprises them so much that they're like that going to shock almost for like a second. And then they set the hook. It's, it's like, it's, it's such a surprising thing that it takes them a couple moments to realize what's happening. And in those couple seconds, you know how fast they eat those caddis. You, as soon as they eat, you have to set the hook. You don't have any time to dilly dally. You got to see it set. Oh, yeah. and, and I think a big thing that's happening is they're seeing it trying to comprehend it and in those two seconds by the time they set they miss the fish right and i you go ahead sorry oh no i I was just gonna say that and it's it's not just a dry fly fishing it's any fishing it's it's that that two seconds of hesitation i think will change the amount of fish that you put in the in the net as opposed to just completely missing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i don't think it's a i think with some people it might be a reaction time issue like you know, hand-eye coordination kind of thing. But I think for a lot of people, it's just like, it's surprising. You know, it's part of the step. Yeah. Like you said, you know, it does come with experience to, to be on top of those sets, but it's going to happen. Sometimes it happens all day. And I think that's what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a cool thing to see, but yeah, you got to be on the money. Yeah. You got to set it. Yeah. Set it fast. Um, but yeah, I've experienced that too. Yeah kind of been on it's been on my mind it's just like i try to think about ways like after after a day of guiding like what is something that i can do that could have been better what what can i teach that could have that could have helped that person and i'm thinking a lot of it is just telling people letting people know about that hesitation like hey when you see a fish eat think about that time that you are taking to set the hook if you realize that you're starting to hesitate try to just i don't, I don't know how you get rid of it but just try to work through it and be like oh indicator down boom setting the hook not oh indicator down that's cool boom yeah you know what i mean yeah it sounds like a little thing but yeah it does prevent you from catching a lot of fish and well they might hook them but it's not as, it's as not good as if they were right on the money but or if it's the bottom and you have that slight hesitation that you're gonna if you hit bottom and you set the hook as soon as you see your indicator go down a lot of times you're gonna pop that hook off the rock and it's gonna be just fine Whereas right. if you hesitate too long and you set the hook, then you're, then you're getting snagged on the bottom and then you're snapping everything off. Right. So this comes with experience. What I've been doing recently with that, it's more of just setting in general, but I've had guests, I kind of teach how to fly fish with, with when people have um, like their starting position where they hold the flower before they cast mm-hmm. and where they stop it is incorrect you know like you have someone having their reply rod at their hip 
And then they, when they cast, they put their arm all the way above their head. Mm-hmm. Like when they have that issue, which I get a lot, I just, I say, do you have a high counter in your kitchen? Like, like a, like an Island. I'm like, yeah. Like, okay. Like, I'm like, okay, well imagine that your cell phone's on that high counter. So it's probably like, I don't know, right below the chest area. Right. Mm-hmm. The high counter. So imagine your phone's on there and it rings and you're waiting for an urgent phone call. When you set, it's like if there was an emergency, you would pick the phone up fast and put it by your ear. Mm-hmm. Make sense? It's like when I have them cast, I'm like, you got to pick it up fast. Like twice as fast. Like when you're casting like normal, you pick up your phone and you pick it up like a normal speed because it's a normal phone call. But this is an urgent phone call. You pick it up fast. That's what I try to tell them. Like, just imagine that when the indicator goes down, that's your phone ringing for an urgent phone call. And for half people, it works. <laughs> gotcha. um, I had a guy do it the other day. He was like, pick up the phone, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. <laughs> Every time we got the set, it was awesome. <laughs> pick up the phone, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just one of many, many tips that us guides have up our sleeves. But what else has been going on? What, what can we help people with this weekend if they're coming out? Oh, probably just disclaimer. Yakima is rising. You did already say that, but it's slowly, if you look at the graph, it's slowly getting into summer flows. Um, like I said, I'm going to go up river tomorrow and I'll probably send you guys an update, but we're going to go see what some gravel bars look like, what some wade fishing access looks like. But I'm guessing it's starting to make its way out of that realm. I'm checking it right now. But the way as of 2.23, on tuesday june 23rd you guys will know exactly what the flows are yeah right now at umtanum flows are 2600 cfs and it looks like uh two days ago they were at 2900 and it's kind of going up again so it's kind of doing like a two step forward one step back kind of thing uh, yeah, right now I'm look. I just clicked on Cleellum, and it was down kind of in the bottom one of those troughs, and it's on a straight spike up, almost to th- about thirty one fifty right now. So, uh, if it's that big up there, you know it's going to get much bigger um, down low. Yep. Yep. So, that's yeah. that's the flows. You guys are flowing this weekend. Please be safe. Yeah, please be safe. Wear a life jacket or have life jackets. Just watch for those sweepers. Watch for just anything. Watch for rocks. I know that's a big thing I watch for, especially in the canyon, is hitting those rocks. If you hit some of those rocks sideways in fast water, you can be in a lot of trouble. Um, If you're dropping your anchor, be careful while you're dropping your anchor. Make sure you're not dropping your anchor in something too fast. Um, there have been places where I could drop my anchor a month ago that I'm trying to drop my anchor now. And I'm like, mm, probably wasn't the best idea to drop my anchor there. Yep. So, yeah. Be careful getting your anchor stuck on things because it happens and we're getting that rubber hatch. So if you're mm-hmm. fishing, you're probably not going to have the river to yourself, especially if you're floating in the Canyon. So do be aware that you are not the only person on the river. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That can be kind of dangerous. Too. Um, yeah, and give us a shout. You want some more fishing info? Call us. If you want to book a trip? We're guiding, available, ready to put you guys on some fish. So Absolutely. give it out. Um, we got some bigger stuff coming for the podcast, some possible partnerships. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We're going to be doing giveaways eventually and 
trying to hook you guys up with some swag for listening and sending in listener questions and um, kind of reward you guys for being part of the team. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. And we appreciate all of your guys' feedback. Um, I know I've been getting some. Uh, we do have some topics and questions that we've been answering in some episodes and that we're kind of saving to have either a, a strictly a Q&A episode or even making a whole episode on one of those topics. So just be prepared that you're going to see more of that. I, uh, we apologize. We're not on that whole Monday, Thursday schedule, um, but we are trying to bring you guys at least two episodes or so a week. So we are, we're getting it out to you. It just might not be on those Mondays and it might not be on those Thursdays, but we're going to try to get back to that schedule. And um, like Keegan said, got things down the pipe. So, yeah. Do you have other topics you want to talk about? You said you might have a list of something. Um, let me check here. There might be, we might have enough time for a couple questions here. Okay. Got to find them. Oh, here's a, here's a good one. This, this would be a quick, pretty quick one to answer. This is from uh, Banging on the Fly. I think this is one. Oh, of yeah. Guys, right? Ben Cotton, yeah. Uh, I see he just got a drift boat. I see yeah, that he, he did see a drift boat. He just voted uh, for the first time with his yeah, wife. Yeah. It's fun. So he asks, what are the favorite breweries in Washington after a good float? Ooh. Well, let's let's keep that narrowed down to maybe Kittitas County. Yep. Um, maybe even just Ellensburg. I guess Cleon too, because we live in Seattle. But, um, let's see. I would say Whipsaw Brewing, definitely the top of the list. Okay. It's right on, uh, I don't know if I'm pronounce it right, Weenass Street. Okay, yeah. Weenass Street, Weenass Street. Um, right in downtown Ellensburg. Great place to go. I would try their Buzz Off, Buzz On Blackberry. Pretty good beer. Um, that's a place, good place to go. They have a food truck there, too. The Aardvark, which used to be up by, at the top of the Snoqualmie Pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sell some good food too. Um, let's see. There's always Iron Horse Brewing Company, which is right on Main Street in Ellensburg. That's a good one too. And if you're heading west after a float, Tanum Brewing is in Cleolum. So that's another good one to go to. Um, but yeah, Whipsaw is on the top of the list just because I, I kind of live close to it. So it's always a good place to go. And they sell some good food too. Gotcha. Or some good food. Um, there's plenty of other restaurant stuff in town, but yeah, those are the top three for sure. Okay. Well, I can't really answer that question. Very well <laughs> I, don't, I don't go to breweries, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we'll do another one here. This is from, um, I don't know. I might want to mispronounce this Instagram name, but it's E-W-I-L-G-I-S. And they asked, how do you adjust your nymph and your dry dropper setup when waiting? As, a, as I assume as it's opposed to how do we maybe we change it from when we're fishing out of the boat? Oh, okay. Um, I guess when I wade fish, I, I tend to fish deeper nymph rigs. Yep. Just because your, your flies deeper and also with more weight. If you think about it, when you're in a moving drift boat, the person rowing is going to keep in line with your indicators or if they're good at rowing, they're going to keep in line with your indicators, which means that you can take on, you know, a 20, 25 second drift sometimes, which mm-hmm. means your flies, they take about, you know, three to five seconds to get to the bottom. So you're talking about a 20 second drift in the fish zone. When you're wade fishing, you're going to have maybe a third of that if you're lucky. So you're talking about a 10 second drift at most. 
So it takes five, three to five seconds to get your flies down. So you're going to want more weight and a longer leader. Um, this will, this will help you help your flies get down deeper. Um, that's for nymphing steps for dry dropper. My dry dropper setup really doesn't change. I don't know about you. Um, but maybe for, for weight fishing, if, if you're trying to, to reach maybe a, a, a farther spot, you can maybe run a longer leader in the boat. I run a seven and a half foot four X leader. It allows the, the turnover of the flies a little bit more efficiently. You can be more to the point, especially in the wind and with new anglers. Um, with weight, with waiting, you, you could run a nine foot leader if it's not very windy and it allow you to get a little bit farther out. Um, for adjusting the, the distance between the dry and the dropper really doesn't change very much. Like I said, I usually go from like one, my right shoulder to my left fingertip. If I put my hand straight out, maybe, maybe three feet, um, three, four feet. Um, but I mean, that's kind of what I, what I would give for, I, I don't know exactly where is what his question is. And, you know, asking like if, how do we change it from the boat or how we adjust them while we're fishing? Okay. If we're adjusting them, like the distance, like the length of them, mm -hmm. I just usually like overdo my, my leader. So I'll make it longer than I'm going to fish it. And then that way I can make it longer instead of having to add more tippet onto my line. If that makes sense. Gotcha. You can run your indicator. Depending on what indicator system you're using, make a 10 foot leader. If you want to fish six feet deep, and then put your indicator at six feet, but then you're like, oh, I'm deep fishing deep hole. You can slide it up without having to add tippet. That makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, also, add, you add anything to that? Um, I actually, uh, I have found either personally fishing and fishing with clients that uh, it's more difficult to cast weight from the bank. Mm -hmm. So when I'm either guiding or I am bank fishing myself, I actually go less weight but okay. I go like a, almost two times as long. Okay. Wow. So I, well, maybe not two times. I, my, my bank, my wade fishing nymph setup is from my indicator to my bottom flies like nine feet. Oh, wow. Um, like it's it, like the other day I hooked a fish on that and I had a really hard time because I reeled my indicator all the way to the tip of my rod and I still couldn't reach the fish. So, <laughs> so there's sometimes that it's a little too difficult because it's so long. But I find that that extra link kind of helps me get some um, more gets me down deep. Um, if I'm not in the boat, as opposed to maybe a little bit shorter with more weight. Okay. Um, and that's just because I personally have a really hard time casting weight from the bank with that whole hinge and the way my water, my line picks up off of the water. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, that's other than that, though, it's, it's the same. And then just adjusting that depending yeah. on if I'm tapping bottom or not. Yeah. I guess that's good to point out as a, you can add weight, but really it's more about the, you know, a longer leader. I would think as weight fishing, like if I had to choose between weight and longer leader, I'd go longer leader. Yeah. And it's not to say that more weight doesn't help. I'm, I'm a lot of stuff. So I'm talking about two are probably a little bit slower. Whereas if you're fishing a little bit faster water off the bank, you definitely want that weight to get you down in that faster water. Cause a long leader in fast water is actually going to hurt you as opposed to help you. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it all, it's all in, you know, it all depends what kind of water you're fishing. So that's right. Yeah. So lengthen that leader up and add weight. That's going to help you get down deeper. Yeah. And that's what we change when we fish off the bank as opposed to fishing out of the boat. Huh? Um, he also asked, or he or she also asked uh, your favorite dropper patterns. Mm. 
Um, number one, size 10 pats. Uh, size 8 pats. Size 8. A little extra weight. Yep. yep. Size 8 coffee pats. Good to go. Um, uh, second one, anything with a tungsten bead head on it. Yep. Yep. I do not fish dry dropper with anything but tungsten or a wrapped fly like the pat stone. And, and it just doesn't get down. It doesn't get down yep. deep enough, fast enough. Right. What, what I mean by that is I don't fish anything but tungsten when I'm trying to really fish with that bottom bug. Like when I do that, sometimes I'll do like a, a small dropper, a really small dropper, dropper in smaller, you know, shallower water. You don't want to run a four foot, uh, you know, dropper off your big dry with a tungsten bead head when you're fishing a foot of water. No. That makes sense. So when you're fishing a foot of water dry dropper, you don't need four feet. And then a tungsten beadhead. You can fish bugs that aren't tungsten. What I'm talking about is when we're fishing out of the drift boat or fishing weight fishing and we're fishing a deep hole and I'm trying to catch fish on that dropper. Yeah, it's just, yeah that brass or even a light red lead wrap is not going to let your fly drop into the fish's zone to get an efficient drift with that dropper through the hole. Your, your flies are never going to get down. It's going to go right over their heads. Right, right. Yeah. And fluorocarbon. And floral, yep, helps yep. cut through the water. Yep, definitely. All right, and that, that's pretty much my same two coffee pats. Anything with lead wrapped or tungsten, tungsten beads. So, mm-hmm. could be a red butt caddis, could be a pheasant tail, hair's ear. It could be a hair's ear. If you want a, a specific answer, one of my favorite droppers is a guide's choice hair's ear from Umqua. It's a good one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite droppers. Size 14 with a tungsten bead head on it. You can get it on their website or your local fly shop. <clears throat> Evening hatch. <clears throat> Evening hatch. <laughs> You're welcome, Rich. Canyon Road. <clears throat> <laughs> Tell them Kyle and Keegan sent you. Yep. Oh, yeah. So. Cool. You got anything else, Kyle? I think that's it. I'm just got to... Yeah. Gotta, I'm going to go out there this evening with uh, Emily, and we're going to go. We're going to see if we can't um, find some caddis rising a little bit. We're going to float ringer to up, so a little bit higher up in the canyon. See what that caddis hatch is doing. Right, check out the rock um, garden. What? Check out the rock garden. Yeah, check out the rock garden. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's do let's chat again tomorrow night, and we'll talk about your experience in the canyon and my experience upriver because I'm going upriver tomorrow morning. Sweet. Where you where are you going to put in at? I don't know. My dad and I haven't decided yet, but we're going to do like a half day morning float. Probably be try to be off. The, we're going to, we're going to go early. This is my going to be one of my first early morning floats. Like we're going to get up at six, try to launch at seven kind of thing, or, or maybe get up at five and try to launch at six. Like we do in summer. It's, it's, it was hot. It's hot today and tomorrow. So yeah. see if they eat some big dries in the morning. Sounds good. Rich said that he did South to, I think Bristol yesterday. He said they can get through the side channel below state. You scraped a little bit. Sounds like oh. it's about where you and I were, was that when you and i floated it so you should be able, if you're going to go up you can go state to bristol yeah i might do state to bristol or state to green just full yeah. fast just the two of us so yeah. um yeah we'll see what happens but yeah let's talk again tomorrow if you guys go state you try that main channel i heard it's open yep i've heard it's open i wouldn't suggest it uh we haven't seen it but oh man i don't know what we'll to, we'll to see i'm gonna have to give some couple people a call to check in you know it'd be good for that so if I if we stood at state or if we went up and I flew the drone oh, over the yep. over the log jam. Have you talked about it on this yet on the podcast? What you got? No, but I will talk about it now. Um, 
my wife, uh, shout out to Emily. She's awesome. Um, she got me a drone, the Mavic two, uh, air for graduation. And, um, I've been flying around a little bit. Um, you guys probably won't see anything for right now. I'm in the process of getting my commercial drone pilots license. So, um, not, I'm doing some stuff recreationally with them, not really shooting anything for Ellensburg Angler, but you guys will see that eventually flying it around, see some cool drone photos, some pictures, uh, sorry, photos and videos and show you guys kind of some neat perspectives, maybe help with some casting videos, fishing videos, fishing lessons. Um, but yeah, I'm super pumped about it. And I think that that would be a really cool thing to use is to fly it over the log jam to really see how open that water really is. So. She do you want to float this tomorrow? Uh, what's tomorrow, Wednesday? Yeah, we're trying to get done like early. I got homework and stuff to do tomorrow morning. Or we'll tomorrow. see. We'll see. Emily has her practicum in the practicum in the morning, so depends on what time we get off the water tonight. Okay, just give me a shot if you want to go up. That seat's open. Dane's not even here, so he won't be able to float with us. Gotcha. That would be good, actually, because it's more of a more time for us to fish. Yeah, exactly. Push your dad on the sticks all day. Yeah. No, you like your boat too much, right? Oh no, my dad can <laughs> row. Just kidding. Sorry, Brent. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. All right, dude. Well, let these folks go and we'll uh we'll chat tonight about fishing tomorrow morning. Sounds good. All right, folks. You know where to find us. If you found us, you're listening to us. Or I guess if you're listening to us, you found us. Um if you can, though, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review and a rating. We appreciate it. We're definitely seeing those ratings go up. It's always awesome to see. Let us know how we're doing. Send us um, an email. Send us a DM on Facebook, Instagram. Starting back up the Twitter again. So if you guys want to hit us up on Twitter, you can find us there, too. Um, go over to the YouTube channel. Again, we might see some drone footage coming in there in the next few weeks once i get my pilot's license that's a whole process we do a whole episode on that yeah <laughs> um, yeah subscribe to us there uh that way you get notified every time that you see that we post a video you get notified and then yeah follow us on instagram twitter facebook send you guys stuff just about every day yep. two times a week go keep you guys updated check out the blog just updated that a couple days ago kind of breaks down even more of the stuff that Keegan and I talked about today, some of our favorite patterns, where we're finding fish, what the weather looks like, what the flows are. So check that out, Keegan. Any final thoughts? No final thoughts. Make sure you guys check the the picture on – you're going to make the picture for the, the the boat that sank or that flipped? Yeah, yeah, I'll throw it up. That'll be the cover image of this. Cool. Um, you don't really need your notes for this episode, so I'll send that to you right now. Sounds good. Yeah, look at that. Kind of a uh, good visual of what happens if you don't pay attention. Yep. Or even yep. to the best of us. Even if we're paying attention, it should happen. Yep, yep true. Just, uh, just a little reminder to incentivize some safety. Yep. I wasn't there. I didn't know what happened. Just trying to help people out. Yep. Cool, Kyle. Well, thank you guys very much. Kyle kind of hit all the endpoints, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you on the next episode. Jordan with the outro. Tune in to the Allensburg Angler podcast every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. Submit your questions on our social media to get answered on an episode by your hosts, Keegan and Kyle. As always, tight lines, and we will catch you on the next episode.